for tuning in to Parkview on the Go. I'm Nathan, one of the pastors around here, and I'm excited for you to hear the third message in our teaching series called Greatest of All Time. It's a timely and, as always around here, a challenging series that you do not want to miss. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you'll be notified when a new episode is published. Uh, We are a church that cares deeply about helping every person take steps toward God. Whether you've been a Christian for a long time or you've been running from God for a while, we believe you can always take a step toward becoming the person God wants you to be. And we would love to help you with that. So today or at any point along the way, email us at online at parkviewchurch.com to start that conversation with us. Thanks again for checking out another episode of Parkview on the Go. Enjoy the service. You never 
Parkview.com. And uh, more help for you online. If you're an online person, but you used to sit in the balcony, I got the perfect idea for you. It's brilliant, isn't it? There you go. We're in a series called 23, the greatest of all time. And it's not about basketball, uh, you know, even though I agree with this. Somebody sent this to me. If, you know, Michael and LeBron were playing today, definitely, definitely. But, but 23 is not about that. It's about the 23, the GOAT, the greatest of all time scriptures, okay? And it's Psalm 23. And Psalm 23, as we've realized, is for sure all about 2020, okay? We need a shepherd to lead us to the green pastures and the still waters. And of course, it needs to be filtered water now because, you know, it has to. So you do realize that someday, in the not too distant future, 2020 will be completely stopped as a phrase that has to do with vision. I think the optometrists are gonna change everything. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't wanna have 2020 vision anymore. That, that can't be the goal. I think, I think 2020 is gonna become the new poop emoji, if you will, right? How was your day? Oh man, it was a total 2020. Don't you think, right? Can you imagine, like, these posters that used to be on walls of businesses, 2020, here's where we're going. Man, I don't wanna be on that road. That's what I'm talking about. But this is not the first time God's sheep have had hard times, which is why we need a shepherd, my shepherd, to make us stop gazing and start grazing. So, so let's do it again, okay? I, I want you to read out loud, even if you're by yourself. Uh, if you're Starbucks, people, with this one, they probably won't even think it's weird. We're gonna do it together. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, be with us today. Be our shepherd, in Jesus' name, amen. Review, week one, my shepherd, okay? Jesus is saying the key to fulfilling your needs doesn't happen in pursuing your needs, it happens in pursuing God. And that involves a correct view of the L-O-R-D, the Yahweh, the Lord. He is the Lord and he is my personal shepherd. So if the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not blank about blank, okay? That's what we did week one. Go back and listen if you haven't. Week two, green pastures and still waters. Just a picture you can't let out of your head. Rested development, that's what we call it, okay? Um, how do we have rested development? Well, number one, the shepherd is close, okay? Uh, and remember, what calms the sheep is not the absence of predators, but the presence of the shepherd. So, so, so important. So the shepherd has to be close. There's no friction in the flock. We can't be all mad at each other, and the sheep have to be full. So we've got to stop gazing and start grazing. One family put this up on a little signboard in their kitchen so that they would remember it all week. I just love this, okay? Today I want to highlight the second part of verse 3, okay? He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, now first of all, okay, don't get confused by righteousness, it may take you to a bad place if you grew up with a lot of legalism like I did, okay? You know, it's Johnny be good. It's don't drink, smoke, or chew, or go with girls who do, you know? All that kind of stuff. For me, righteousness kind of always felt like it went with self-righteousness. And so, so, so it's a good word. It just got hijacked for me. So let's just go with right, because I, I, you don't need a fancy word. It's simple. It's right, okay? He, he leads me on the right path. Does that make a lot more sense than paths of righteousness? Okay, there you go. And here's the deal. Here's your thing to think about today. Because I know a lot of a struggle with this whole deal, okay? With like righteousness and I gotta be good enough and you know, does God really love me? And here's the thing, okay? The right path is not about avoiding the bad, it's about getting to the good. God is your good shepherd. And he wants to take you to the good places, okay? So he's not mad at you if you've been in the bad places. He just wants to get you to the good places because he knows what's good for you, right? I heard a shepherd interviewed, and uh, I thought this was fascinating about why do, you, he, why do you have to have a shepherd to keep moving the sheep from one place to the other, okay? And, and he said, here's the deal. Sheep would be very content to stay in that pasture that you're already in. They'd be just fine. But as their shepherd, I know, that, I know something they don't know. That if they're eating grass too fast, they're going to they're gonna mess themselves up. And, and soon they're going to be eating down so far because sheep are stupid. They're going to be eating dirt and they're going to be getting parasites in their stomachs and they're going to grow very sick. So I'm looking ahead and I'm thinking I've got to get them to new pasture. And they can't see it yet, he said, but I've got to get them to a place that is ultimately best for their lives, somewhere that's ultimately for their good. Does this help a lot? 
already, okay? The right path is not about avoiding the bad. It's about getting to the good. It's about God wanting the good stuff for you. But the problem is sheep, we're sheep and sheep are stupid. We don't always make the best decisions on our own. I mean, that's true with everything, right? They've done a lot of health studies about, you know, people who get the news from the doctor that, hey, man, if you don't, if you don't change your diet and exercise patterns, you're going to die. And a vast majority of people just don't care. They don't do anything about it because not dying was not a compelling vision for them. What, what, what this psalm should do for you is, is not give you a compelling vision for avoiding hell or avoiding those naughty things. It should be about the right path that's about the good, okay? So here we go. Number one, um, a right path is about going in the right direction. Let's just be introspective today, okay? Where is your life headed? I mean, generally speaking, where is it headed? I mean, sure, we all do serpentine from time to time. Nobody's on the right path all the time. And maybe you aren't sure, but I'm betting that right now I'm talking to some people who would say, yeah, you know, PT, I'm pretty sure I'm not headed in the right direction, okay? If that's true, then one of two things are also true. Either you're wandering in the wrong direction because you're wandering away from the shepherd or you're actually following the wrong shepherd. <laughs> it's those, one of those two things. Either you're wandering away from the good shepherd or you're following the wrong one, okay? So who are you letting lead your life? Is it culture? Is it what your coworkers say? Is it people on social media? This is the question. Who am I really following? Maybe that's the thing you put up on your little board in the kitchen this week. Who am I really following? If we want to be on the right path, we have to follow the right shepherd. We cannot follow a culture that does not follow God. We, we don't want to be led by the world's opinions of what's right and what's wrong. They change their minds all the time, right? When I was growing up, you, you couldn't eat for an hour. You couldn't swim for an hour after you ate because you would get cramps. And then they figured out, I don't even know who made that up. That's not true. And some of you think it still is true. It's not true. They're going to change their mind. And we don't want to be led by feelings and emotions, man, because right now we're in crazy time. We're in 2020. We literally don't know what what day it is, do you? Month? October? Good. Okay. H how do I feel today? Well, is the virus better or worse? Well, is the stock market better or worse? How do I feel today? I mean, is the virus good or bad? I, I don't know. It depends on which channel you watch, right? Or even which county you live in. For those of you who are watching far away, I'm at our Orland Park campus, and it's the farthest south edge of Cook County. And that street right out there, that street out there is the edge of Cook County. So today, the rules are in Illinois, it, it, I can go to eat inside a restaurant as long as I stay on this side of the street. Because <laughs> the ones on that side in Will County are closed. Boy, I'm sure glad I'm here. Of course, I have to cross the street to go home. If my wife doesn't have an idea about dinner, then I'm going to have to drive her three miles over here to take her to a restaurant. I mean, how does this not mess with your head? More than ever, I need to be led by something that's stable, more stable than my emotions. Because now we have this constant influx of emotions up and down, and we need a guide who knows what's best for us and knows how to get us there. 
read about this cross-country race, uh, NCAA cross-country race, several years ago in Riverside, California. 123 out of 128 runners missed the turn. One competitor, his name was Mike Del Cavo, stayed on the 10,000-meter course and began waving to the fellow runners, hey, you guys, you're going the right way. You're going the wrong way. And he only convinced four people to go with him. So only five people actually finished the race. The right path is about going in the right direction. Okay. Jesus said it this way, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to the wrong place. And many go that way, 123 of them, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Man, I think we're seeing this in our culture today more than ever before. Why is this true? Because they're following the right shepherd to the right place or they're wandering away from the right shepherd or following the wrong shepherd to the wrong place. Okay, so secondly, the right, the right path is about right decisions, okay? I go back to that quote from last week. How does a sheep, Dallas Willard, how does a sheep get lost one bite at a time? Oh, that looks good over there, and that looks good over there, and that looks good over there. And we've all ended up on the wrong paths and, and, and been very surprised to find us find ourselves there. How did that happen? Well, it didn't happen like you went over there. It happened you went over here and started that direction, right? And for many of us, we think, you know, I want to have the fullest life I possibly can. I want to have the best pasture in my life forever. I want peace. I want hope. I want joy. But we aren't interested in making the right decisions in order to get there. And you know what happens at that point? God's got to try to drag us back onto the right path. And I know that making the right decisions can be very difficult. And I know that right now during this time, after being stuck at home, I've had conversations with many of you, a lot of stuff is starting to come to the surface. There's a lot of stuff that we could bury in our busyness and all the things that were going on. There's some secrets that we've held from our families, some hurts that we've held from our spouses, some things from our childhood that we've never really been honest with ourselves about. And we've had a little more time for introspection and now we're at a crossroads and you've got to ask yourself, am I going to keep going down the wrong path? Am I going to keep making the wrong decisions or am I going to make the right decisions and get on the right path again? I know for many of us, there's hard decisions in front of us and maybe they'll be humbling and maybe they'll be embarrassing, but I promise you that you will never regret, listen to me, you will never regret making the right decision. The right path is worth it. The right path is about getting to the good. The right path is right direction, right decisions, and right routines, okay? Right routines. Read this book by Tim Grover, who was the athletic trainer for Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade. He wrote this book called Relentless. And in it, he talks about players who are good and players who are great and players who are unstoppable, and he says there's a difference between them, but it's not in their raw talent. The difference is in their discipline. It's in their routines. He shares the, the, the story of, of the GOAT, Michael Jordan, and what it was like to work with him. And he said, after every game, while, after every game while the players are sleeping, I'll just read it to you. I used to ask Michael Jordan one question, five, six, or seven. As in, what time are we hitting the gym tomorrow morning? And he'd snap back a time, and that was it especially after a loss when there wasn't a whole lot else to say, no discussion, no debate, no lame attempt to convince me that he needed a morning off. You good? I'm good. See you in the morning? 
See you in the morning. Five, six, or seven. And the next morning, at whatever time he decided, he'd awaken to find me standing outside his door. No matter what had happened the night before, good game, bad game, soreness, fatigue, he was up working out every morning while most of the other guys slept. That is discipline. For many of us, we want to be the best player at the game, but we don't want to practice when the crowds are at home or when the other players are sleeping. It's about the right routines. And some of you or a lot of you are doing this already by getting into one of our small groups. And you could still do that if you want to get the small group material and start going through some of these things together. I mentioned last week the idea of starting and ending the day, just reading Psalm 23 and spending a little bit of time in scripture. That's a right routine. Some of you have done it. And hasn't it changed a lot? Have you slept better? Have you had a better day? Because you started and ended with the word of God. The, the phrase in there, restore my soul that we talked about last week is the same phrase that David uses in Psalm 19 where he talks about God's word restoring our soul. It, it, it's, it's the things from God that need to fill us up and we need to get, we need to detox from the stuff that's on the inside. So do you have a routine for that? Maybe it's getting a different translation of the Bible. Maybe it's uh, your Bible app and getting on a plan there. Uh, whatever it is, man, get in routines that are helping you stay on the right path or get on the right path. Clear your minds of the destructive stuff. And, and, and be realistic. Grover talks in his book about you know having a realistic plan. He says, make a plan that really reflects what you're going to do. Don't, don't say you're going to work out every day if you're only going to work out three times a week. Just make a realistic plan plan and get a right routine to go with your right decisions and your right direction, okay? Direction, decisions, and habits. That's how we stay or get on the right path. But here's the thing, and it's honestly the really hard thing about this idea of righteousness all the way around. That shepherd that, that, I, that I heard the interview of said the really hard thing is to get the sheep to leave one pasture and go to the next because sometimes they've got to go through a rocky path or, or, or something that they just don't really understand why he's taking them there. And they are perfectly content to just be where they are so they don't want to leave. Guys, I can look back on my life and see that so many times. That's the huge advantage of being old. I mean, this, me, here, now, Chicagoland for almost 31 years, God led us here, but when he led us here, it looked a little rocky, okay? It looked a, it looked a little, you know, like uh, I don't see any grass. And we were really happy where we were at a church in, in St. Louis at the time. We were closer to family and all that, but he clearly led us here and we followed him. And I got to tell you that it wasn't green pastures and still waters for a while. I mean, like 10 years, basically, of why are we scratching the weeds out of this rock and trying to eat it when we had such nice pastures back there? And frankly, there are a few times of, hey, Lord, could we shepherd somewhere else? You know, there's green pastures in Hawaii, Lord. They need churches too. Horrible experience. Uh, we went to a wonderful experience of our 20th anniversary. We went to Hawaii to celebrate something my wife had always wanted to do. And we, we did it. We saved up and we went and did it. And when we came back, we did a 100-degree switch from when we left until when we got there. It was 90 degrees in, 
in, in Hawaii, when we left Hawaii, and when we landed in O'Hare, it was a negative 10 wind chill, 100 degrees, thank you. We were not happy sheep. But now, looking back, these green pastures, these still waters, it is amazing what God has done. Perfect place to raise our family, great people to do life with, great fit for ministry for us, and only God could have known that. Matter of fact, I was working on this this weekend, and I had a positive ADHD moment. I just, I just got sucked into the vortex of thinking about all the amazing things that God has done, the great shepherd has done, and, and I just got to tell you, as an older dude that's been doing this for a while, I talk about the life of sea. I'm telling you, you should trust the shepherd because the right path is not about avoiding the bad. It's about getting to the good. And the problem is that we're all sheep, okay? Let's keep coming back to that. We're dumb sheep. I love this one. Sheep just you know, circling the car. That's awesome. We're messy. We're dirty. We've listened to so many of the wrong people and we've made wrong choices. And guess what? We're not the first ones to have that happen. In your small group material, Matt Chandler is going to say this. I think it's key that if we're really going to be set free by this idea of the Lord being our shepherd, we got to understand the phrase at the end of it. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This is so good. I think that's the idea that it's about God's goodness and not about my goodness. Is that helpful? It's about God's glory, not my glory. It's about God's power, not my power. This is the key to joyful Christian living and transformation. You see, if I think it's about my goodness, then when I'm stumbling or when I'm struggling or when I fall off the external moral righteous path and I think I'm off the, I surely think I'm off the path forever. And yet, because it's not about my goodness, it's about God's goodness, it's about God's strength and God's power, not about my strength and my power. In my weakness, God is strong. In my frailty, he is powerful. In my lack of faith, he is faithful. This for the sake of my name becomes an anchor. It becomes the gravitational pull that lets me believe that although I am weak and frail, who, a person who is prone to certain compulsions, the good shepherd is leading me beside still waters, not because I deserve it, but because he is good. And he leads me to green pastures in the desert wasteland, not because I'm worthy, but because he's generous. We get stuck in a place where we're headed towards death. How do we get out? That's the beauty of Christianity. Jesus came to get us out. He came to create a way for us to be out. Back to John 10, where Jesus is talking about himself being the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father. We have that kind of relationship. And I lay down my life for the sheep. That's how we stay on. He paid the price. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. He's talking about us, the non-Jews. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Again, the right path is not about avoiding the bad. It's about getting to the good. And let me add this. He is leading you to the good. He is not only leading you to the good. He paid the price of admission to the good. It's not about your goodness. It's about his. Okay? Okay. Should we make right routines? Absolutely. 
Because it's going to lead us to the good place. Should we make right decisions? Absolutely. Should we be going the right direction? Absolutely. But when we're following him, those things are natural. And when we get off track, he's going to bring us back because it's not about us. It's about his namesake. He came to free you from those addictions and, and, and to free you from those things, from that heartbreak and that insecurity that you're feeling today so that you can be on the right path and be at home with God. He came not just to give us victory at the end of our lives when we get to go to heaven someday and it's green pastures and still waters and we don't have to worry about it. He came to give us this peace now and this joy now so that we don't have to wait he wants us to have a relationship with him now, like he and the Father had a relationship, he said in there. Right now, in this moment, that is available to us. Not about avoiding hell. It's not about not dying. It's about living, okay? It's about surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if you follow Jesus, you don't have to worry I mean, if you ever, ever wondered why the hook is here, it's not just so makes it easier to hold on to. The hook, as you can see in this picture, is to grab the sheep around the neck and pull them back. He's always going to do that. My question for you is, how hard are you going to make him yank this thing?
Pastor Tim challenged us back in the second message of this series to start each day and finish each day with God's Word. And so as we close our time together today, I just want to reiterate that challenge. There are a lot of shepherds vying for our attention, and it's important that we stay attuned to the voice of the Good Shepherd as we go about our lives. So let's do that together. Let's read Psalm 23 at the start and close of our days, and I have a feeling that we'll be better employees, better friends, better parents, and just flat out better people because of it. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any of Parkview's amazing content. See you next time.